Hello, my name is Noah Grossman, and welcome to another episode of Noah Grossman Live, a much overdue episode. Uh, the last couple of weeks, strange, as always. I mean, there's really nothing normal about 2020, and it's now looking like going into 2021, at least if you're in the United States. Uh, although, in relation to the pandemic, I believe Europe spikes are coming, but, but really nobody is even close to the United States. Maybe India soon. Who knows? <laughs> uh, today, I got a bunch of stuff to talk about. Some light stuff, and then obviously some current events, which uh, are the opposite of fun stuff. Anyway, I don't know if you know this about me. I I'm sure I've said this publicly many times. I've got no shame in saying this. I am a huge fan of IHOP. I'm an IHOP fan. I don't know if you're not an IHOP fan, uh, but you should become one. I totally understand IHOP. Low quality food. Overpriced. Service is questionable. You know, decor, odd. All of these things, totally understand. But IHOP just has a place in my heart. I don't go to Denny's. I avoid Denny's. IHOP, I don't know why. Get me an IHOP. And when IHOP has a combo, this is not a joke. If IHOP is running a special, because normally IHOP's like $14 for a breakfast, and I will never go there. But every now and then, they run a deal. It's like $7 for the same thing. And I, I swear on my life, I eat, there at, I eat there every day. That's really something I'm admitting right now. If you just go to IHOP, chances are I'm there, like at any moment. If you just wait at an IHOP, you'll see me. And that's the point that I'm getting to, is going to IHOP finally paid off. I, at my local IHOP, or the one that I'm going to, uh, because some are, are closed, but there's one that I go to, 24-hour IHOP. I love it. I have a 24-hour. Any place is 24 hours. I'm there. I saw, okay, okay, let me bring it back. Okay, so I'm pulling up with my girlfriend, pulling up to this IHOP. And the first thing we see when we pull up is this Tesla, beautiful Tesla, covered head to toe, wrapped in Jojo Siwa's face. Like small pictures of it, like poorly photoshopped up and around just everywhere, Jojo Siwa's face. And this Tesla had the craziest rims I've ever seen. It looked like, like taffy when it's being pulled, but different colors, rainbow coming out. It looked like some Rolls Royce rims, like some, it really, some gangster rims. These rims were dope. I, I've just never seen anything like it. They were cool, and you knew that they were expensive. That's, that's just the main point, is that this car was covered in JoJo Siwa's face, which is, like, ridiculous. They're, I cheapened the Tesla more. But then the rims were insane. And so my girlfriend and I sat there, and maybe I'll put the video up, if you're listening to the audio podcast, you'll have to wait till Thursday and watch the video. But uh, my girlfriend and I were talking, we we're like, this has to be JoJo Siwa. Like, who else is dry? It's either her or, like, her mom, and she bought her a car. And sure enough, I go in to pick up the food that I had called, and there she was. She was eating outside at one of the outside seating areas. By, uh, not by herself. She was with a boy. I don't know. I'm not up to date in JoJo Siwa's life. I don't know if she has a boyfriend, but she was with a similarly aged boy. Don't know if this is secretly JoJo Siwa tea, but I saw her with a boy, uh, and they were enjoying their IHOP. And uh, yeah, JoJo Siwa and I, we got the same taste. So yeah, I saw JoJo Siwa. I think that's my second time seeing her, maybe third. But I, I got legitimately excited, and I don't mind saying that. I watched JoJo Siwa eat breakfast from the other side of a window. She couldn't see me. I just saw the back of her head, but that ponytail is unmistakable. But yeah, I definitely watched Jojo Siwa eat on a date, possibly, um, through a window for like 30 seconds. And now saying that, that seems like I'm a stalker, and if she sees this, she'll want a restraining order. But yeah, so go to IHOP. My main point is you should go to IHOP, because not only might you run into me, but you might run into Jojo Siwa. I can confirm Jojo Siwa eats at IHOP. Yeah. So that's just uh, an odd thing that happened to me. Yeah, to keep talking, because that's what I do on this show. I was listening to uh, the radio. Obviously, you listen to the radio. You don't read it. But um, I was listening to a news story talking about how during the pandemic and doing online learning, uh, many schools and teachers are looking at different ways 
of structuring how they grade a class and the requirements of the class. Uh, so essentially they're looking at homework, not uh, counting towards your grade, but being more practice. Uh, sometimes it might not even get graded, but the homework is practice so that you can perform better in class. Uh, being loose with the due dates for projects, even tests, offering retakes, offering all the resources that would be needed uh, for the student. And they're thinking about this because with online learning, obviously there's a lot of difficulties. But um, in general, I just think that's a great idea and that needs to be done. Because if you really think about it in the grand scheme of things, if you're in high school, the, like when your grades count, if you're in the United States, they, they really count in high school, ninth grade through 12th grade, but really it's 10th and 11th grade um, and the first semester of 12th grade that are looked at. So you're, you know, 15, 16, 17. That's like the age range. Can you imagine, I, and this is the reality, which is insane, you could have your future ruined because you didn't turn a project in on time or because a teacher didn't want to accept your excuse as to why you needed to turn it in on time. You know, who knows what's going on at your house? You're, literally, your house could have exploded. You know, that's a valid excuse for you to have a couple extra days to turn in a project. But if that teacher doesn't accept it or doesn't like you or for whatever reason, your grade is impacted. And now literally the course of the rest of your life is changed because you got a poor grade because you didn't do a project. Like, it just doesn't make sense to me. Even with homework, I mean, grading homework, why would you possibly be punished by not turning something in? Is the reasoning in order to teach consequence? Is it to teach responsibility? Is it to teach good work habits? Is it supposed to say if you don't do this, you know, something bad is going to happen? That's why you have to behave or you have to do your work. Is it in order to prepare me for when I go to a job where, you know, if I don't do my work, I'll get fired or I'll get reprimanded? That doesn't make sense to me at all. Because if you go to a job and you don't do the job right, number one, if you're not qualified, you're not going to get hired. doesn't matter if you did your homework or turned your project in 10th grade, 11th grade, 12th grade. If you get hired for the job, you're going to get trained for the job. So you get hired, you're going to get trained. Let's say you're there and you don't do a good job. For whatever reason, you're failing. You're not doing well or being productive enough. You're going to either be put on some sort of reprimand, two weeks to improve, four weeks to improve. Hey, we're going to give you additional training. Or even just straight up, hey, you're getting fired. Right then and there, that would teach someone who, for whatever reason, didn't have the common sense to understand as an adult when they're being hired that if they don't complete their job, they're going to get fired. They would understand after the first time that it happened. You don't need years of homework and punishment off of repetitive tasks in order to teach you that if you don't do what needs to be done, there's going to be a consequence. But even larger than that, if you don't do what needs to be done, for your contractual obligation. Very clear. These are all very clear things that in no way are being taught or instilled by punishing children by not doing things on time. Like, really. It's, it's really that simple. Why does that need to be done now? Why does there need to be consequence for it? You need to restructure your school so that you're not literally, deliberately harming the chances of an individual let alone not teaching them, not, not actually changing their behavior with proper incentives in a proper teaching environment, but literally giving them lifelong consequence for not doing something in the moment short term. That doesn't make sense. Me not turning in this project isn't changing my future. What's changing my future is you choosing to then make that impact my grade so negatively. Now, obviously, if you do poorly on tests or you don't know the subject, you're not going to get a good grade. Hopefully, your teacher or your school has the resources in order to provide extra tutoring, extra focus, slow down, give some sort of individualized learning, which obviously they don't. Public schools, most schools in general, are way underfunded. 30-plus, 40-plus kids in a classroom, it's very, very difficult, the environment. So even more so, the odds are stacked up against these children. So, like... That just doesn't make sense. It's not an environment that is truly an example of a work environment. When you work at a job, it's not like your school. I don't know of a job that's like your school at all. I mean, there's some jobs that have campuses. I mean, 
most jobs when you're dealing with people, there's some sort of like bureaucratic nonsense or, you know, little clicks or personalities uh, interacting. But that's about the closest thing to high school that there is. And that's the least important part of high school or school in general. It's, it's just confusing and it's clearly counterintuitive. Um, and that's, I think, my problem with a lot of systems in the world is that they're clearly counterintuitive. Um, and if they did have a reason to exist, a legitimate claim, uh, they would be able to explain them succinctly and show their actions because obviously public school is needed. It's a service that is great. We shouldn't dismantle it. We need it. And you can prove that people can read. Education has gone up. You know, high school graduation has gone up. However you want to prove to it. A public school obviously works as the general idea, but the current structure of it is obviously not producing functional human beings. It's producing more malleable people, people who are good at taking orders, which I'm sure is helpful and functional in a society that is heavily unequal and focused on, like, capitalism and that sort of stuff. Ultimately, you're not creating functional human beings, people who have to be here for 65-plus years. Um, they're just kind of going to be fucked because I feel fucked, and I see that the people around me are fucked. And it's not public school's fault. It's the entire world's fault. We literally are born into a version of hell. We are all great Creatures capable of amazing positivity and, and, and awesome change. We are literally infinite beings capable of everything. Just look around you. I've got water coming out of my pipes. The issue is the other side of the coin. Is like the structure that we're in is one that creates a need for like a socioeconomic lower class. I don't even know if I'm using the right terms at this point. I'm just ranting. But the point is, is that for all the great things that our society provides, they are purposefully provided with the understanding of what's being given up. There's no way that our economy, capitalism itself, functions in its current state without purposefully forcing poverty onto people, without purposefully forcing inequality. The only way that the modern version of like global economy and global trade works is the idea that someone somewhere is willing to sell their labor for much cheaper than it's worth so that someone else can make a profit. Why does Nike make their shoes somewhere else? Because those people are willing to get paid a dollar, two dollars less. I mean, they used to have children working for them in literal sweatshops for pennies. And then they would sell it to us for 40 plus dollars. That's capitalism. That's how a global corporation is, is built. And one that, you know, for all of its disgusting evil still helps provide local sports equipment, helps, you know, social movements, helps whatever. But that's all a front. Not that the people at the company don't care, not that these people aren't humans, but the actual reality of the interaction is horrific. And to understand that 50% of the world's population is literally living on less than $5 a day. Like that's, I'm sure I'm paraphrasing the actual thing, but it's it's literally, it's essentially, let me use my words, uh, Google it. I'm not going to Google it. I'm busy talking. 50% of the world's population lives on less than $5 a day. That's just mind-boggling. And obviously, different things cost different things. In different areas, it's going to be a different amount of money. It, it's not about all the small details. It's about the total picture. Because um, at the, the end of the day, that's reality. It doesn't matter how you justify it. That's reality. I don't care if it makes sense. That's reality. I don't care if you can explain to me why the puzzle works the way it does. I don't like this puzzle because 50% of people live on less than $5 a day. Like, it's it's disgusting. It's it's just obvious. I started at school, man. I started at school. Take me nine minutes. This is what I do. I just rant all day long. At least now I'm recording it instead of just doing it in my head. But yeah, I think that you can really clearly see the faults of our current structure both through the world, but also personal experience. Um, personal experience at school being, for me, not necessarily learning proper life skills, skills that I think would be super useful to me now. With that being said, I wasn't being set up to be a mathematician, so obviously math wasn't necessarily useful to me. I'm sure for other people it was much more useful, but I do feel like it could have been taught to me better. I could have learned it better. The entire interaction could have been better. 
and that's not to blame teachers. It's not to blame schools. It's not even to blame one specific thing. It's it's the combination of all the small levers that create the circus that we're in. You can't blame the individual, but the individual at the end of the day is the one that like is at the bottom of the stick. I, I don't know how else to put it. Like, and even with that, I mean, I buy an iPhone. I use an iPhone. I'm recording on this camera. I mean, what what is the battery made out of? The natural resources. Like, this microphone. It's really insane. And there's a purposeful disconnect in order for me to stomach my reality so that I can still be functional in my first world economy. Because if I honestly knew the legitimate reality of everything that I'm doing, which some of it I do know, and I, I still need to be better. I mean, look at me. I got a plastic water bottle right here. I refill them every now and then, but if it goes into the sun, I uh, put it in a bag and I recycle it later, but that doesn't matter. This is still oil. It's, it's insane. I mean, plastics literally are polluting the entire world. There is not a single piece of, of life in the sea that does not have a microplastic in it. If you pull up fish in the sea, all of them are tainted with microplastics, let alone other toxins. Everything is so connected. By just attempting to focus on one issue, you can clearly see the connection. That That's it. Everything's connected. If you focus, you'll see the connection. Jesus, I just rant. I just rant. I'm going to edit this, and I'm going to be like, oh, my God, can someone just, like, put a sock in my mouth? But yeah, just by looking at school, you can really look at the faults of the United States. But in general, you can expand it into whatever you want. I mean, I'm just thinking back on my own school experiences just during this time. And, you know, just when it comes to the conversation of racial equality and just like the reality of how people are treated. So where I grew up in the valley of Los Angeles, California, um, I've lived here my whole life. Where I am, it's diverse. It's not very diverse. I don't really know what the percentage would be. Um, my high school was probably like 40% Latin, X, Hispanic. I, I'm not sure the proper term. I don't mean any uh, offense. Um, probably 40% white, probably 10% black, probably 10% other. And the other has a crossover because I would identify as Jewish, but I also identify as white. But technically, I'm a half first-generation immigrant, doesn't matter. Everyone has a beautiful, extravagant story that deserves to be recognized. But besides that, it's it's the reality that where I lived, I saw at my school discrimination in how children were being treated by the actual school itself. And that goes all the way back to my elementary school. Just to talk about it, the reality is, and I was talking to my girlfriend about this, the, the reality is, if I try to think of the children who by teachers were picked on by the teacher, um, whether that's verbally itself or with legitimate consequences, reprimands being sent out of class, you know, anything at all. They were without a doubt overwhelmingly people of color, most of them males, but everyone. But if I have to think, uh, the first time, I think um, probably fifth grade, so um, a new kid came to our school, a black kid. I don't remember his name, but um, at the beginning of the school year and, and literally as a kid, and I think this is most children, unless you're really raised in a family or an environment that focuses on race, which is so unfortunate if that's how you grow up, but it's not something that you even really look at or think about. It's more um, implicit cues that you're taking on. So for me, um, in my class, um, this kid was, I don't know, loud or energetic or I don't I don't know. All I know is that the teacher would, because I, I didn't sit near him, I don't remember any interruptions. I just remember that during that year in fifth grade, for most of the year, at least once a week, the teacher would single this kid out, and a lot of the times he would be sent out of class. So, like, first off, the practice itself not helpful. Don't send this child out of class. He's a fifth grader, first and foremost. Sending him out of class is not going to help. Singling this child out is not going to help. But the point that I'm trying to get at is for this fifth grader, and I don't know what his experiences were before that, and I don't know how he interpreted his experiences then. But from my perspective, 
this child was being treated like he was a bad kid. Like a bad kid. I mean, that's what I was taught. I, I was at my elementary school. You had cards. You had colors. You talked in class. You did something wrong. All of a sudden, your green card is now a yellow. I remember one time my card went to a red because I didn't get off the computer. I cried. It must have been a third grade. But, like, that is what's instilled. So for this kid in fifth grade to be called out and stuff like that, I, I'm not picking on No one's picking on him, at least that I know of. No one's yelling and no one's like, oh, you're a bad kid. But I'm talking about me. What am I internalizing as a child in this classroom? The only black kid in the class. So when we get to the end of the year and we're all put in, in group projects, now, once again, it's not because the kid's black. That's literally not even a, a thought that I think is happening in anyone's mind, probably except for the teacher. But the point is, is that I get grouped up with him to do a project and I don't want to do the project with him because to me, he's loud, he's rowdy, he's a bad kid, but not because he was doing any of those things to me. He never disturbed me. It's because that's what he was labeled. That's what he was given permission to act as. That's what he was told he was. That's how he was treated. So like, how are the other kids going to treat that kid? What is that kid's interaction with teachers or schools, let alone the fact that this kid is new. He's new. And in his first year, he's getting, like, sent out of class. Like, is anyone at this school going to sit down and talk to him? Maybe they did, but all I know is my interaction with it. So I think my first interaction with within the school system, seeing bias, whether implicit or conscious, uh, a racial discrimination or in some form of discrimination between children, let alone if you don't want to take it that far, just general poor practice. Because past the fact that this child was singled out for whatever reason, it, it's the practice itself. This isn't going to help the kid at all. This is just going to set the kid up for more failure. If this is the interaction that this kid has with teachers, what is he going to do when he goes to the next year and the next year and the next year? And it's, these are children. Like, they are constantly learning and building things. And I know this because I was a child and I'm close enough to it that I can still remember it and will gladly admit it the faults in the reality of learning and, and the experience and try to listen to other people's experiences, believe them, listen to them, take that and temper my own experiences and realize what it really was. We go to middle school and every single year in one of my classes, the kids that would be point out, pointed out as the troublemakers, literally 90% of the time, 90% of the time that at least were being sent out of class. And I'm talking, I'm not talking about the real troublemakers because the real troublemakers Everyone. And past everyone, you want to know the real pieces of shit at your school? It's probably going to be the super, super wealthy kid who's a part of the largest group. So where I was, it's going to be a wealthy white kid who's probably throughout all of his years bullying someone. That's just the reality of where I live. Don't know about where you live. But, you know, that's going to be the largest piece of shit. Past that, usually a physical bully is someone who's unfortunately a large victim themselves. With that being said, on this slight rant, if you are a victim and you turn into a perpetrator, you're no longer uh, in service of my direct empathy and sympathy. Uh, your victim deserves that, and once your victim is ready to forgive you and you're ready to admit to your faults and what you've done and change, that is when we can look at you. But the moment that you, as a victim, turn perpetrator, even if it comes from intense trauma, that's when you are unfortunately continuing the cycle and that's when you become the villain that needs to be stopped random rant my point being in middle school in high school if you were to look at the kids that got suspended expelled the kids who instead of getting a pass were dealt the full consequence from my experience kids in my class most of the time were male and people of color uh, apart from that, I can really point out, like, black women, at least at my high school, like, with teachers, like, picked on them. And once again, not, like, outwardly for any racial thing. Any, It's, like, implicit, if that makes sense. It's supporting what is unsaid. Instead of this teacher breaking the mold, attempting to find a different way to communicate with the child, the student or attempting to uh, change the perspective of the people in the classroom or, or the children themselves and how they communicate with each other. Instead, this teacher perpetuates it by either picking on the child with passive comments, you know, 
uh, always uh, asking them for their phone, even though there's other people texting, like picking on them. Like there's simple things that really single someone out. And if you, especially as a child, if you ask someone to play a part, they're going to play it. And I'm an actor. Of course, I'm going to play a part. But if you start treating me a certain way, I'm going to start acting that way. Especially if you're a child, you don't know any better. The only positive that I can see from 2020 is that hopefully our school system, public education system, will be restructured. We're getting rid of the SAT being counted for colleges. Hopefully we can get rid of needless deadlines, needless consequences. And just to touch on it one last time, not even hypothetical examples, but examples of myself. So I, 10th grade, got a job for Nickelodeon. Halfway through the first semester, left for online schooling, went to New York, did the second semester online schooling as well. I was in an AP bio class. Now, I didn't do well in the class, didn't do my homework, not excusing my general poor performance. But uh, I think I had a C for the first semester. I left halfway through. Um, but I was able to basically take the same course online. My AP bio teacher didn't like me. I didn't like her. Doesn't matter. Not like we we're yelling at each other. I just didn't do the homework. Didn't do the work. So she felt disrespected. Rightfully so, to some degree. But she didn't like me. So when I left the school, all of my classes, obviously I left. They, they were frozen. No grades were being done. But she still filled out my grades. Now, maybe she didn't know. Doesn't matter. But she marked me as absent for then every day from the end of the first semester and the second semester. She failed me for the second semester, even though I wasn't enrolled at the school. So not only now on a record from my high school is now for some reason a second semester. I only took one class, but now it has an F when I didn't even go to the school and also gave me a bunch of absences. So not only was my GPA directly affected, I also had a fail on the first F that I had in any class, uh, but now also I technically had too many absences to graduate from that high school. Even though I had dropped out of the high school dropped out and re-enrolled in an online high school. Um, and at this time, I also was taking my, my GED, uh, in, the test, in order for me to essentially no longer have to go to high school. But I still did. Luckily, I never went to college, but that's directly on my record. That would clearly affect my chances at getting into a college. Clearly. So, just as an example from my life, past all this other rant about school, something has to change because something as simple as that this teacher, for whatever reason, marking my grades wrong, that affects me for the rest of my school career, the rest of my life, especially if I'm trying to get into a, a college, higher education, whatever it is. And that's clearly shown by not only actual life experiences of people, but every single statistic there is on how much money you end up making to how far you go to what college you get into. I don't know if you just heard that, but there was a very loud explosion outside and I felt it I'm gonna go look to see if someone in my neighborhood exploded I'll be right back so yeah long-winded rant over I'm happy I got that off my chest I've just been thinking about that a lot and how just on the simple point some things about school just don't make sense doesn't make sense that what I do today should affect the rest of my life especially when what I did today was not turn in my poster on the right day, when I was 15, when I was 16, when I was 17. Oh, uh, shit. You know, why didn't you get into UCLA? Because uh, when I was 15, I didn't color my poster right. I got a B instead of an A. And now my 4.0 forever is now 3.8, whatever the fuck it would become. You get the point. It's stupid. So I guess we're doing like a cake today. You know, we're doing some light stuff, and then we're going to go into a hard rant. <laughs> light stuff. And we're going to go into a hard rant. Get ready for some light stuff. So uh, my girlfriend and I have been rewatching a lot of Disney's animated films. And animated Disney, unbelievable. I never watched these films. I really never watched these films. Live action Disney. Disney as a company. Horrible. Horrible. Uh, practice everything. Horrible. Uh, until they hire me to do something. Great. They're great. Um, amazing company to work for. But uh, I've been watching a lot of these old animated films, and, and let me think, what have I seen now? Uh, Sleeping Beauty, Snow White, um, Hunchback of Notre Dame, Cinderella, uh, Pocahontas, Mulan, 
Atlantis, Aristocats. Gosh, I'm sure there's more. The point that I'm trying to get to is re-watching these, you really see the art. And if you haven't seen Cinderella, or if you haven't seen it in a while, I would highly recommend watching that. Cinderella is so unbelievably good. Beautiful, beautiful. But how they tell this fairy tale, how they put this story together, there is not a second wasted. It is not a long film. It is great. Every frame is what you need. The little characters are unbelievable. It's really like a picture-perfect 10 out of 10 beautiful animated film. And there's one thing that I really have to commend about it, and it's what is in old Disney films, not really in the new ones, but it's their songs. I am personally very over the faux Broadway attempt at singing a song where it's like a character talking, singing. It's like, I can do that, bro, and I can't sing for shit. I'm not into them, like, telling me what's happening and telling me their whole life story and every song and every song represents a new moment and they're growing and look at this and isn't that amazing and whoa. Like, can you get out of my face, really, with this cheesy, simple, surface bullshit? Surface. And that's my issue with it. It, it, is, it, it so attempts to portray depth, emotion, uh, gravitas and it is so surface and I really feel bad for like children who watch it and honestly learn from how these characters emote if that makes sense they're fun films you know frozen it's fun whatever but like if you're really out here trying to emote like uh, like like Rapunzel from Tangled like if that's you trying like that's not in my opinion that's not a real personality. That's not a comfortable a comfortable personality. It's very just like nothing matters. Like I just, I can't get down with this new Disney shit because of their music first and foremost. Just going to put that out there. I've got my own issues with other things that they do. But watching Cinderella, it all made sense. And I understood why they are who they are and why they have the brand that they do today and the weight that they do because that is art. That is a 10 out of 10 piece of art. So I, I highly recommend watching Cinderella. So the other thing going on right now are these completely devastating wildfires happening in California, Oregon, Washington. Um, as of recording this, they've destroyed over 4.7 million acres, which is states. That's the size of states, entire states. The amount of destruction is unfathomable. I mean, the amount of wildlife lost, unbelievable. The amount of damage done to the ecosystem. It's so sad. And I truly, truly hate, hate Donald Trump. Hate him. I hate the people around him. They are so, they're degenerates. They literally live to degenerate society. And it's so depressing. Donald Trump is claiming yet again, many times disproven, that the reason for these wildfires is because California and other states don't properly take care of their lands. That's just, like, not true. That's literally disproven. And past that, the largest fires have been spread on federal land, not state land, and there are specifically restrictive laws for the state allowing to go into the federal land and attempt to do what they have to. Um, I don't know what the word would call deforest. I don't know. To prevent fires. But past that, that's not why these are happening. These are happening clearly because of climate change. We are in a climate crisis, a literal climate catastrophe. 
We are going to kill ourselves and everything else on the planet. We have poisoned every single point of this earth with pollution from the highest mountain to the deepest part of the ocean is poisoned. There is not an inch of the earth unless it's somewhere in the crust that is not touched with human pollution. It's horrible. It's horrible. So climate change causing intense, intense heat, odd times of the year, long periods of drought, brush fires start up very, very easily. I mean, really think about it. It's 114 degrees, really, out somewhere in the brush. There's dry enough anything. It can just light up on its own, just straight up on its own. It can just go up on a hot day, let alone if there's a tin can somewhere, even the little lip on the top, the little tab you can pull off. Imagine that just lying down, sun hits it, it's 114, just reflects enough just to hit one spot, let alone the millions of trash and tinfoil, anything that could reflect anything scattered about. But if that's not enough, there's the actual human cause of it, which is uh, both our power lines going down, but there's people um, who live out there not properly taking care of their fires. There's a gender reveal starting a fire that just expands. It's so unfortunate. And the reality is that tens of millions of people are being poisoned and will be poisoned for months every year because this is now a normal thing. These fires have created the worst air quality in the world in Portland, Oregon. The worst air quality in the entire world. I mean, let alone in Los Angeles where I am, the air quality is horrifying. So we're breathing in all of this, all of this which is well known to cause cancers, let alone everything else. I mean, if you have any sort of lung-related thing or any sort of condition, you shouldn't be outside for more than five minutes, and that's a legitimate recommendation. Pollutants in the forest, in the ground, are being burned and brought up with the smoke. If the smoke itself, the ash itself, isn't bad enough, everything with it, all the pollution out there, more so we can talk about fire retardant. Fire retardant is a well-known cancer-causing agent. Fire retardant, and it's been known for a long time. You look at military bases, this is a well-known study, that military bases ones that especially use the specific type of fire retardant that's used to fight forest fires. Um, it's a, the, the powder retardant. Um, and I'm sure the liquid one does it too. I mean, shit. But it causes uh, uh, strains of cancers that metastasize at higher rates, uh, much more deadly cancers like pancreatic cancers, brain cancers that quickly metastasize, quickly develop through the stages. Uh, things that are not natural cancers, even though it's a naturally forming disease in you. So you got all of these things being burnt up into the air and, and breathed, let alone this happened last year. Although the fires that burnt out here, they burnt uh, areas that were contaminated with nuclear waste from past nuclear reactors. So we got that in the air too. If the ash and smoke wasn't enough and the fire retardant wasn't enough, we now have nuclear waste in the air as well. And it's not like it's localized to just here. That's going to be spread everywhere, everywhere the air goes until that shit falls into the ground and into the water. And what happens when it's in the ground is when it rains, it goes deeper into the ground. It pollutes the soil, pollutes any groundwater that's there, poisons the plants and such. If it's in the water, it's in the water. We got to try to filter that stuff out, except we can't. We don't have proper filtration systems in order to filter out these cancer-causing agents, these microplastics. So everyone's tap water is now poisoned. You're going to be showering in poisoned water. These systems are not set up with proper filtration for our resources. It's disgusting, let alone the water quality normally, which has literally over a 100,000 unknown chemicals in it. This is a fact. If you test your water, over a 100,000 
contaminants are in your water. From chemicals to, to this to that, it's insane. And these things, some of them are filtered, some of them aren't. Uh, I, I, I'm pretty sure the EPA has a list of like 90 of the over 100,000 that can be found in drinking water. 90 of them are regulated. It's disgraceful. And so for the president to be talking so much nonsense, just blatantly, purposefully misinforming the public about this, it's destructive, it's disastrous, uh, it's harmful, it's negligent, and he's willingly doing this in order to distract from the fact that he is a disgusting mess, a legitimate criminal. I mean, at this point, we have had 9-11s every four days for months, literally months, a 9-11 every four days. Uh, some days are a 9-11, but as of right now, we're about 1,000. You know, give it four days, call that a 9-11. So we got 9-11s every four days. This guy's busy distracting, talking shit about California while it's on fire when we need help. We've got people shooting each other in the streets because the president is stoking violence in order to distract you from the fact that he is currently doing voter suppression, uh, has been doing voter suppression, has been stacking the courts, has purposefully misled us when it comes to the coronavirus, purposefully not helped anyone or done the correct policy. He's done the opposite. He stopped any sort of help coming every opportunity he has. He lies about it every opportunity he has says the complete opposite of the truth as loud as he can to as many people as are willing to listen to him whenever he can, profit off of our tax dollars whenever he can, whether that's spending literally more days golfing than any other president, sitting on his ass watching TV more than I can, and I'm fucking quarantining. Like, this guy is past a joke, um, and it's so painful. It is so painful, and I can only imagine for people who are groups of more effective more affected classes, how painful this reality is right now. Um, it's so destructive. And this guy obviously talking shit about fallen soldiers, which I'm, listen, I'm down for talking shit about war all day long. Let's talk shit about war. Who the fuck is sending some American-ass citizens with my money to go bomb some innocent-ass people to fight over someone else's oil? I don't give a shit. I would like solar, wind, geothermal, uh, the fucking whatever the one in the ocean is called. Like, really, we need to be past this as soon as possible because I'm done. The world is done. We're going to fucking die. But this guy's talking shit on the people who actually died, the soldiers. And it's like, bro, can you read a fucking room? Like, can you just exist anywhere other than in your own ass for 30 seconds, you fucking piece of shit? Like, I just, it's so... Unbelievable. And then he comes out and he says some bullshit about how, no, not all these people have died. Only 9,000 people have died because everyone else had pre-fucking, predetermined conditions, pre-existing conditions, whatever the fuck it's called. Bitch, everyone has a pre-existing condition. It's called being born. Like, bro, I'm gonna die. Is that a pre-existing condition if I end up dying? If I fucking slit my own throat? Did I not die from slitting my throat? Did I die from... Losing blood? I mean, technically, but probably because his throat was fucking slit. If an anemic is shot in the fucking face, did he die because his anemic blood spilled out too quickly? No. Well, he had a pre-existing condition. Guess he wasn't murdered by a gun. Looks like he just died from his anemia. Bitch, what? What? Name an old person. Name anyone over 65 who does not have a pre-existing condition. Fucking, what percentage of the population has a pre-existing condition? I'm blind. Is that a pre-existing condition? My brother was born premature. Is that a pre-existing condition? My other one was born with a hole in his heart and took medication when he was young. Is that a pre-existing condition? My mother might be on the risk of diabetes or whatever the fuck. Might have some heart uh, uh, disease that runs in my family. Does that mean everyone in my family has a pre-existing condition? What about my grandfather who had a stint surgery from a heart attack last year? Is that a pre-existing condition? What about my grandmother who had both of her knees replaced? Is that a pre-existing condition? I can name off literally every single person that I know. And if they died, you would tell me that they didn't die because of coronavirus or because of your mismanagement. You would tell me that they died because. Like you... And everyone who you represent, who supports you, and who does your bidding are degenerates. And I can't think of a better word. 
and I'm not trying to insult people. Degenerate. These people literally degenerate. That they don't even have zero value. They don't even have like a negative value. These people destroy. They degenerate. They take away. There's no value. They take value. That's horrible. If that's your interaction with society, let alone your individual life, but that's what you do for us, that's how you do your job, that's how you spend my money, fucking tear gassing people and lying all day long, you're, you're disgusting. You're literally disgusting. And I cannot stand it. I cannot stand it anymore. I've had now three interactions, two with people, I guess, of like anti-maskers, and I can't do it. I can't do it. I was at a CVS, 24-hour CVS. It was like midnight. I was buying, I, I think, a card. I needed a card to go with a gift. There were a free sample table. Oh, look, free samples on my way out. I'm looking at the free sample table, and some dude walks in. He looks, and I'm not doing this as a joke or, like, trying to rip or anything. Like, he really looks like a knockoff ninja. Like someone who like watched Ninja and was like, wow, Ninja in fucking 2017, isn't he the dopest? I wish I was Ninja. So he tries to look like Ninja, some shitty like 25-year-old. Comes in without a mask. And the first thing that the worker says is like, hey, you can't be in here without a mask. And he's like, well, that's why I'm here. I'm trying to get a mask. And he's like walking through the store. He's already walked way into the store. The worker's like, there's masks up front that you can purchase for 50 cents. You can purchase it first, put it on, and then you can shop for the rest of the things you need. And this person made such a simple stink. They were just like, oh my God, what does this country come to? What do we live in? Communist China? Bro, can you shut the fuck up? But he says this, and he looks over towards me like we're going to be friends. Like he's funny and quirky. Like he represents my ideals or like knows that I'm on his side because he's so cool. He looks at me and he gives like, <laughs> right? This dude's like maybe 15 feet away from me. And I wasn't looking at him until he obviously was trying to talk to me and like get approval from me for his so, wow, bro, what a, what a, what a cool take, man. Aren't you fucking edgy? What are we, communist China? I gotta wear a fucking mask into CBS during this pandemic? What is this fucking communist China? Actually, bro, if it was communist China, much more people would be wearing masks. Anyway, shut your fucking mouth. So I said to him, because he looked at me, I said, bro, can you just wear a mask so that you don't kill my grandma? And he said, what? And I said, wear a mask so you don't kill my grandma, dumbass. And he goes, dumbass? You want to handle this outside? And like tries to walk up to me like he's going to fight me. I'm in a fucking CVS, bro, looking at free samples. Can you put on a mask and get whatever the fuck you need? Like, what? What are you? What are you? Why are you here? What do you do? You are so busy being ignorant of your own personal, like, failings, like your own personal missteps and pain that you just want to go out here and just, like, be a piece of shit. Like, that's so unfortunate. And what's so unfortunate is, like, this person is willing to define themselves as a piece of shit at this time. I truthfully believe in second chances for all people. But if you ask me right now, who's, you know, who am I going to let on the lifeboat if there's only a certain number of seats? I'm not fucking letting Chad on. Bro's fucking shown himself today. Maybe fucking tomorrow he can take his head out of his ass. But for right now, bro, you have chosen to be an ignorant douchebag purposefully out here in order to perpetuate pain, discomfort, an actual pandemic. Why did you even walk into a fucking CVS if you didn't have a mask? What are you buying if you're not buying a mask? Why is this an issue? Don't be in the store. Why are you here? Confusing. Confusing. I had another interaction. I was at another store. Doesn't matter. There's a sign clearly on the front. Hey, no mask, no service. Wow. I'm like 20 feet behind this person about to walk in, but I see them. Doesn't matter who they are, but I'm going to describe them because obviously this is who they are. 
probably 55-year-old white guy. You know, cargo shorts, T-shirt, doesn't matter. But he's got, like, a large respirator. Like, if he, he you know, is, is like a carpenter or a painter. Large pink respirator. And I notice that he sees the sign, has the respirator in his hand, still chooses to open the door. Any normal citizen, normal human being, ever, not even during a pandemic, but if you see a fucking sign, you're going to do what the sign says. Hey, no shoes, no service. Oh, I'm not wearing shoes, but I got them in my hand. I'm going to put these flip-flops on before I walk into the fucking ice cream shop. Come on, bro. It says it on the sign. But I knew. I already knew. And I hate. I don't like being as judgmental as I am. And I try my best always to temper how judgmental I am of other people. I just hate that a lot of the time I am spot on in what is about to fucking happen. I knew walking up this guy was about to have a problem with masks in general. Obviously, when he doesn't put it on, when he sees the sign, he walks in, doesn't put the mask on. So I'm like, all right. I'll wait for him to get a little bit of distance. Maybe he'll put the mask on and then we'll be safe. I walk in. I'm maybe 15 feet from him. He's in line. I'm in line behind him. But he doesn't have his mask on. And he starts talking to them. The worker is like, bro, can you put your mask on? And he's like, oh, okay. So he puts it on. But then he goes to talk right after. In the exact same second. And he lifts the whole mask. The whole mask. Like the whole mask. I can see your whole face, bro. Put the fucking mask on. So the worker says to him, hey, can you put the mask on? And he's like, oh, okay. Puts it on. And then now whenever he's talking, he's just lifting it like halfway. Like clearly your mask is not doing anything for anybody at all. Still talking to him. So I'm behind him and I'm just like, hey, can you put your mask on? And he turns to me and he goes, well, actually the CDC says, and I cut him off. I'm like, I don't care what the CDC says. Can you please put your mask on? You're going to kill my grandma. I live with my grandma. You want to know pre-existing conditions, skin cancer, let alone fucking everything else that could possibly be in an old person. High blood pressure, fucking this, fucking that, fucking this. She's fucking old. I live with her. Please, just wear your mask. I don't care. So, I that shut him up. He went back to talking to the person, whatever, was still lifting his mask. So I said it again. This is all over, like... 30 seconds. Like, this doesn't take long to go down. And I don't mind fucking saying this to you because you know. I'm not someone to speak up in public, like, really cause a scene. Like, I'll stick up if I think I need to stick up for something. Say something if I think I need to say something. But, like, this shit is well known. Like, this is not even... It is not acceptable. Like, this is not acceptable. You're a fucking adult human being. You know the information. Can you please put your mask on? So I tell him again. I'm like, sir, can you please just put the mask on? It would make me feel a lot more comfortable. And he goes, well, you're safe behind your mask. I just walked out of the store. I literally walked out of the store. I was like, okay. I walked out of the store and I was going to wait for him to leave. So I'm standing outside the store and a couple more people come in and they think that a line is forming outside because you can only have a certain number of people inside. They're like, oh, are you waiting? And I'm like, no, you can go in, but there's just someone in there who's not wearing their mask properly. And I feel more comfortable waiting out here. So there were two people that came. One was like, oh, okay, went in. The other one was waiting outside and he was like, hey, Wearing a mask, obviously, he was like, thanks for letting me know. Makes me feel more comfortable. Uh, my wife is immunocompromised. Great. Cool. Whatever. Doesn't matter. That's the shit. You're a random at This guy's also, like, some random-ass older white guy. Like, he's probably, like, 48. Wearing, like, like white New Balance and, like, high-tube socks. Like, shorts. Like, uh, you know, black glass. Like, normal people. Normal people. Anyway, about a minute goes by, and the dude walks out. And the first thing that he says, because the guy asked me, he's like, what does he look like? And he's like, oh, he had a pink respirator or whatever. And as I'm telling him, the dude walks out. And the first thing the dude does is he looks towards me. And I'm standing maybe five, ten feet away from the door. He looks towards me and he takes his mask off. And he tries to, like, get as close as he can to me. And he's like, fucking cunt. And then he turns to the other guy and he's like, bitch. And walks to his car. A fucking 55-year-old adult threw a temper tantrum because he was breaking the law. And I asked him to wear his mask. Like these people. And these people, it's hard to say. I don't want to generalize. I really want this to be solved. I don't know how to solve it. I just want this to be solved. But these people, people who think this way, they're entitled, they're ignorant, they're vindictive, they're in pain, but they do it to other people. I can't have empathy and sympathy for you if you're going to perpetuate the oppression and do it yourself. You don't deserve 
my sympathy and empathy because you've gone from a victim of the exact same system born into a shit-ass world, and you've decided to perpetuate it and continue it through your actions to others. You're disgusting, you ignorant, entitled piece of shit. Put your mask on. Come on, man. Ridiculous. And the final interaction that I had, and this one at least wasn't with a person, uh, I was driving down a, a street near where I live, <clears throat> and uh, I saw a sign. It was on a cardboard red paint on a telephone pole. So I saw the sign, and all that I could see was California Chicken Cafe refused me service. I couldn't see the rest of it. So I was like, I have to turn around. Why did California Chicken Cafe refuse you service? Why were you kicked out of a California chicken cafe and so offended by it that you made a sign a quarter mile away from the location? Like, this is a quarter mile, like, I can see it a quarter mile away from where the sign is. Like, they purposefully put it so people would see it before they got there. So I turn around and I go to read it. I park next to it, and it says, California chicken cafe refused me service because of my QAnon MAGA hat. So this person went into a California chicken cafe wearing a QAnon MAGA hat and then was offended when they were refused service. So if you don't know what QAnon is, don't look it up. It's useless. It's a baseless, defunct, ridiculous, idiotic conspiracy theory that essentially says that Donald Trump is secretly waging a war against the global elite satanic cult of pedophiles who also drink baby blood for youth purposes, I guess. We're not going to delve into it because it doesn't matter. There's so many hypocrisies, inconsistencies, and complete idiocy around this conspiracy theory. First of which being, if anyone is a sex trafficker, it's Donald Trump. The dude has admitted to it, and let alone is on Jeffrey Epstein's island dancing in a room full of women. Let alone. Literally, the dude is being sued for rape right now and is using the Department of Justice in order to defend him in a public court of law, which is illegal. So small side note, if you don't know, Donald Trump is using the Department of Justice, which is United States taxpayer funds, in order to defend himself against a, uh, a personal case, which is illegal. Uh, it's a defamation case against an alleged rape victim. Um, and the reason why the Department of Justice got involved in this is real uh, is because while Donald Trump was president, he said publicly, I couldn't have raped her. She's not my type. So the reason why the Department of Justice is using uh, hundreds of thousands, possibly millions of taxpayer dollars in order to defend the president against a defamation case uh, where he publicly defamed one of his rape accusers is because while he was president, he openly insulted her. And that's their justification for defending him. So, to corrupt, disgusting, horrifying. So if anyone's stopping the world from pedophiles, it's definitely going to be that guy, right? Mm-hmm. So, essentially, uh, and, and let it be known that QAnon and QAnon supporters have been at the center of every single white supremacist mass shooting since 2016, when the conspiracy theory started. From Charlottesville, people running people over, to uh, literally all of it. All of it, including individual killers. Including law enforcement wearing Q in, in photos purposefully. I mean, this is like an insane, insane conspiracy theory. It's really... It, it's really scary. These people are being radicalized. They are radicals. It's it's honest to God the equivalent to like someone being radicalized from like some ISIS shit. This is not a joke. These are actual radical extremists. People who really have now bought into a completely alternate version of reality. One where violence is not only okay, it's the only way uh, to the future. It's the only way to secure truth, secure peace. Insane people. So essentially, if you're wearing a Q badge, you are, it's the equivalent to essentially uh, uh, wearing, you know, an SS tattoo on your forehead. If you walk into my California chicken cafe 
and you got an 88 and a swastika on your cap, I'm going to say, hey, man, I need you to take that cap off if you want to eat here. Can't wear that here. There's families. It's an obvious hate symbol. I need you to remove that, or I can deny you service. So if you're going to walk in with a Q MAGA hat, I mean, MAGA is one thing. You're going to outwardly whatever. I mean, honestly, I would deny some of the service if they're walking around in a Biden hat. I'd just be like, okay, like, cool. But if you're going to walk around in a MAGA hat, that's one thing. You're openly stating your ignorance, and you know what that symbol does um, and what it's meant to represent. It's supposed to gaslight people. But you're going to put a Q next to it. You're, you're seriously walking around with a swastika on your hat. Like, why would you not get your service refused? Just don't wear the hat. I would never, even if it wasn't a political statement, if, if anyone's wearing anything at a restaurant that they're going to eat at, that the restaurant staff or the people there are uncomfortable with, they have the right to refuse your service. That's it. This isn't the First Amendment. That's not free speech. It's not freedom of expression. That's literally like, bro, you are not dressed. You're not allowed to be here with what you're wearing. Your shit has a swastika on it. Can't walk around in Q shirts, bro. Like, you're promoting literally an extremist hate group. Like, you shouldn't feel comfortable being able to wear that around. And it's not about, like, censoring you or, like, shaming you. It's literally that's not appropriate. That's just not appropriate. At all. That'd be fucking weird if, like, Literally, if I walked into a, as a Jew, if I walked into a fucking restaurant wearing fucking, like, pro-Israel shit on it, like, like, pro-settlement shit on a hat, like an anti-Palestinian shirt, I'd fucking hope someone would be like, hey, bro, if you want to eat here, you got to change. Like, that's just not acceptable to display this imagery to the families and the customers around here. As a business, it's, it's, I have the right to refuse you service, let alone the right to protect my other customers. So long story short, I saw this sign, and I laughed at it, so I took it down. Very easy to take it down. I was like, fuck you, bro. I don't care. (laughs) Great. California Chicken Cafe refused you service. Awesome. So then you went and bought a cardboard box about it, painted it, and put it up a fucking quarter mile away on a light post. And I took it down. What a story. I don't want you to feel comfortable promoting that around here. I don't care what the fuck your viewpoint is. At all. I, if you promote violence or a group that promotes violence, you shouldn't feel comfortable like you're the 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 majority voice. Like you get to be said and protected at the cost of everyone else. No, bro, fuck you. You choose what you wore when you walk down here. Dress like everyone else if you want to be let in. Like really, I wouldn't let someone in who's in a fucking bikini at 2 p.m. in a California chicken cafe. There's families here. You need to put pants on. You can't show up in a thong. What are you doing? Technically, you're covered. I don't give a shit. It's my restaurant. I have the right to refuse your service. I'm not refusing you service because you're a female, because you're disabled, because anything. No, you're you're literally inappropriately dressed for this occasion. I want you out of this location. That's legal. That's normal. You should expect that, sir. You should expect that. Next time, wear long sleeves to cover up your swastika tattoos, bro. Maybe then you'll get service. So, yeah, this, this last bit has been intense. Um... And it's been a little deflating. And um, as I've been focusing on, you know, my my normal work uh, as it's starting up, luckily, um, I still find myself really in a, in, a, in a place where I find it difficult to motivate myself. Um, and I'm really letting the world get to me. That wasn't obvious. I just ranted for an hour and 15 minutes. So, um, yeah. You know, take everything with a grain of salt. I hope listening to someone express maybe similar viewpoints or just any viewpoint at all might make you feel better. I don't know. Maybe I just made you feel worse. I'm not sure what my role in the world is. You know, not every conversation needs my voice, and rarely am I educated enough to speak on it. I'm just speaking what I see. So, yeah, thank you for listening. If you haven't yet, check out my app, Introverts and Extroverts, on the App Store and the Google Play Store. We just submitted a new update this week. Um, it should be going live tomorrow. Um, when this is uploaded, it will already be live. Uh, but we've updated uh, with new challenges, and uh, we're going to be having a much larger update very, very soon. And a uh, small delivering kindness update. So uh, we delivered the day of kindness. <laughs> we delivered um, our pizzas uh, and completed our goal back in July. Um, 
the video is edited and is ready for release, but unfortunately due to these fires, the uh, company that I helped raise the money with, uh, the people that I partnered with, Pixel Bank, um, their head engineer um, has been displaced from the fires and also their secondary engineer has been displaced due to the pandemic down in Mexico. Um, and unfortunately, um, we do believe that their engineer's family is currently dealing with um, infection from the pandemic. So to them and, and to everyone dealing with this, um, obviously thoughts and love and best wishes. Um, so as far as that video, we're going to be releasing it soon, as soon as that website can be back up, because uh, I wanted to offer you guys, the people who helped me, um, access into their beta program and to be the first ones to sign up. Um, I thought it would be fun to kind of be like, hey, if you thought this was cool, you can now gain access to this service um, not just, you know, people that they'll be emailing, you know, other influencers, but now you can use it. Um, so you'll basically be getting access before anyone else. Um, and you'll be doing that because you helped me in my campaign with them. But unfortunately, because they do not have engineers right now, they are unable to um, basically update the site correctly. They've, they've got it functioning. Um, but in order for everyone to sign up and gain access to the site, um, it's still going to be minimum week from now, realistically two weeks from now. Um, so that video will be uploaded soon, um, but that's why I'm holding on to it. So the day of delivering kindness was done. Um, everything was done. Everything was donated if you didn't see the updates, um, but expect the video soon. And um, yeah, thank you very much for listening to this episode of No Grossman Live. If you have anything that you want me to talk about, let me know. New episodes every Tuesday, video podcast up on my YouTube channel on Thursday. I have missed the last couple of episodes, but I'm renewing my commitment to this. Um, know that this will be a constant place to get content from, even though I've been inconsistently being able to produce it. Um, that's on me and what I'm capable of doing, but expect these more regularly. And uh, hopefully my internet will be improved soon to some degree, and I'll be able to live stream like I've been planning from the studio since the beginning of the year. But, you know, pandemic has uh, ruined everything. So mainly, thank you for listening. Have an awesome day. Yeah. Feel good. See you in 2021. <laughs> that coffee tasted good.